Good evening. Today is March 29th, 2019. And this is the first episode, the inaugural episode of Kingdom Talk Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Sherman Thomas. And in this podcast, we'll be talking about the kingdom of God and the message that Jesus Christ preached while he was here on earth, which was about the kingdom. Because Jesus Christ's first message to the public was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that is the message to you. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or the kingdom of heaven is here. That is a message that we need to be preaching, that we should be preaching to the church, to the people and let them know that the kingdom of heaven is here. And we see evidence of the kingdom daily, every time. But do we ignore it or are we paying attention to it? Through this ministry, through this ministry, the goal of this podcast is to realize the kingdom is here. And it is our goal for us to live in that kingdom, to be a part of that kingdom. So today, you'll be hearing... Uh, a sermon preached by yours truly entitled The Power of the Mind. And it's based on the scripture, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which reads as following. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be blessed by the sermon. Turn to uh, Romans. Romans chapter 12. And we'll be looking at the first two verses. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, Lord, we want to thank you for this time that we're about to spend in your word. And Lord, we pray that this message that is going to be brought forth, Lord, that it may do its will. Lord, when the people hear me, let them hear you. And let the Holy Spirit be the teacher, Lord. You've given me the word, you've blessed me with the word, and let the Holy Spirit teach. I may move in a very special way that may touch people's hearts in a very special way that they may be blessed and their minds may be renewed and their lives may be changed, Lord, for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When we look at the human brain, the human's brain is a very powerful organ of the body. 
the brain. We just talk about, we're going to talk about the brain for a little bit. Now, we've heard, we're, we should be familiar with the saying, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. All right. Now, physically, our brain takes up 2% of the, our body weight, and it consumes 20% of the energy, of our body's energy. Our brain takes up 20%. So, it is the most hungry um, organ of our, our energy-hungry organ of our body, our brain is. So, if there is any energy supply that is cut off to the brain for more, just more than 10 minutes, you're basically considered to have brain damage. I bring that up because, you know, when my accident happened in 2014, you know, it was a very critical time for them to rush me to the hospital and to do their surgery. Because if I lose the amount of oxygen and energy that is needed to go to my brain, I could have suffered brain damage and could have always been a, a what they call a vegetable. So it was that critical, our time for them to rush me to the hospital from Friedenhoi to Schneider Hospital. And you know, by the grace of God, I'm not a vegetable. And that is all the power of God. Can't claim nothing else than death. The power of God. Now I also want to bring another quote, which is by, um, actually the quote I just mentioned was um, by uh, Jacqueline Lane. The other quote that I'm going to mention you, I don't know the author, but I, rather, I, I think it's best to share these quotes with you. Whatever you desire, you can achieve by using mind power. The next quote, your thoughts affect what happened to you. Your thoughts affect what happens to you. The next quote, what you focus on, you attract. What you focus on, you attract. And the last quote, to change the external, you must change the internal. To change the external, you have to change the internal. And that is what God does with our lives. He changes what was not beautiful and he turns it into something beautiful. Why? Because he has a, he has a purpose for each and our lives here today. We all have a purpose. It's for us to see that purpose, what God has in store for us in our lives. Now, when we read through the Word of God, you'll find through many scriptures that the mind is mentioned. He focuses a lot on the mind. Why he focuses so much on the mind? There's a particular verse in, in Proverbs that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinking in his heart. Now, I just want to mention, make sure to you. When you see the word heart in the Bible, it is not talking about the organ that keeps you alive and that's pumping blood. It's talking about the mind. 
Just like that lovely song, tell me the story of Jesus right on my heart. You know, it's custom that you touch your chest and say, right on my heart, every word is it's talking about your mind. Right on my heart, every word. Because it has to be in your mind. How powerful God is. He changes your mind. He, fo he focuses on your mind, the way how you think. And we should focus on that. So, in Genesis 3, you know, it's sin entered into this world because in chapters 1 and 2, you know, when God created mankind, their minds and thoughts were all on God and they were just living in the will of God. I just want to do God's will until chapter 3 in Genesis when mankind fell. And because of that, all men are affected by us who were all born into sin. Romans 5 chapter 12 covers on that. So, but there are three things that we need to focus on to really change our lives around when it comes to our mind. Your thoughts, your actions, and your will. Your thoughts, your actions, and your will. These things, these three things are all connected together. I'm going to explain that to you. First, your thoughts. It's very interesting though. In some cases, mind-blowing how powerful a thought is. And there are many things that we can see and admire today which just started out as a thought. The vehicles that we drive, the clothes that we're currently wearing, because we all look beautiful here today. Right or wrong? Amen. Amen. You know, the churches that have been started, you know, the businesses that have, been, that have started and have grown exponentially, all of these things started out as a thought. All of these things started out as a thought. Currently right now I'm about to finish a book called God's Big Idea. And the base of that book is coming from uh, John chapter 1. When, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, when I heard the explanation from that, from the, the transliteration from Greek to Hebrew, excuse me, from Greek to English, he's, um, the person said that um, the Word, what we think, what is the word? Word, you know, is not necessarily Word. It's actually talking about God had a thought to explain, to not to explain, to, to expand God, expand the, um, the kingdom of heaven to earth. So he created mankind. Because whenever in any kingdom, you know, you've got to send a representative down to that colony so that colony can look like the kingdom. Some of us, or well, the majority of us, were born in a colony, and that colony represents or looks like the kingdom. Some islands are still a part of that today. The BVI, they're still a colony of the United Kingdom. And there are many others that we all came from, Dominica, St. Lucia. You know, these islands were once colonized and they had to look like, that, and they had to send a representative from that kingdom down to that colony so it can look like the kingdom. But just, just want to get um, um, sidetracked. Going back to the original thoughts and how powerful God, you know, God deals with our mind. 
You know, when he created mankind, you know, he had a reason and he had a purpose of why he created mankind. Because the instruction he gave, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and everything that creeps upon the ground. That is their original purpose. That we should have dominion and we should think on God and he will bless us by the way how we think. But when we get sidetracked, we lose sight. We lose sight of what we're supposed to do in our lives. And it happens all, all, all the while. You know, whenever we have, a, we have an assignment, we can easily get sidetracked. I can't tell you how many times when I was in school, I had an assignment that had a deadline date, and I got sidetracked, whether by the radio, television, or anything. I got sidetracked, and next thing you know, because of procrastination, now you know, you're rushing towards that deadline to finish that assignment instead of getting all the time in the world to complete that assignment, you just focus on that assignment and paid attention to it. You could have been completed with that assignment a long time ago. You had all the time in the world to do whatever else you needed to do. Procrastination. Be careful of that. Be careful, be careful, be careful. I could tell you from experience many times over how bad procrastination is. Now, when we look at our minds and we seriously dedicate our time and resources to that task, it can be accomplished. Amen? Amen? When we seriously dedicate our time and resources to that assignment, we just focus on it, it will be accomplished. You, you don't tear to the left, you don't tear to the right. You just focus on that goal. And when you focus on that goal, it will be accomplished. Many goals, the one popular goal that many people do is we try to lose weight. I'm not going to point at nobody. I'll point at myself because I'm trying to do that. And we do, we know what we need to do. Exercise. Eat better. Have a cutoff time of when we're supposed to eat. Cut off the things or minimize the amount of things that is unhealthy for the body. We know what we're supposed to do. And when we focus on that, then we start to see the changes. Oh, a pound off here, a pound off there, three pounds off there, six pounds off there. Next thing you know, clothes that didn't used to fit, all of a sudden they fit and you're like, wow, I'm feeling really good about myself. Why? Because you focus your mind on your goal, your task at hand. I want to lose weight. And because I focus my mind on losing this weight, now I'm starting to see the results. But there are times where we set a goal in our lives, but there's that somebody or something that whispers in our ear and says, you can't do it. And we easily get discouraged. And we lose that motivation and we lose the focus on our task at hand to complete that goal. God did not create us to be weak-minded. I'm going to say that one more again. I don't think you guys heard me. God did not create us to be weak-minded. 
There's nobody that God created that is weak-minded. That is a sign of the devil. He wants you to be weak-minded that you cannot accomplish anything in your life because if you think defeated, you're going to be defeated. If you think that you are defeated already before you even attempt your task, you've already lost. There's a quote by Marcus Garvey. He said, a, a man is, uh, you are twice defeated without confidence. You are twice defeated in the race of life. Without confidence, and confidence deals with your thinking, you are twice defeated in the race of life. Remember that quote. If you, if you have a pen, write that quote down. Without confidence, you are twice defeated in the race of life. And we don't want to be defeated because you know how we feel when we walk around defeated. In the book of Psalms, Psalms 92, verse 6, it says, A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. Now, a brutish man, because I actually asked, asked my father about this, you know, and his understanding, because my understanding of this is that brutish man meaning senseless, or weak-minded. There are certain things that people go through in life and the way how you respond to it can say something. You can go through a tragedy but your mind is still optimistic. You are still praising God regardless of that tragedy that you went through in your life. And people that there are people that will not understand and will look down and be like, why are you praising God? Look what you went through in your life. There's no reason to praise God in your life. But you keep on praising God because you know what God did in your life. A loved one passed away. Loss, in, loss of employment. Whatever that situation may be. Loss of house. But you still praise God regardless. Why? Because your mind is on God. You think on God at all times and you know what he has done for you in your life. Amen. So that alone, that hope that you have on God, because your hope is built on nothing less than what? Jesus' blood and righteousness. When you think on that, that alone comforts you. What's that scripture say? The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and mind on Christ Jesus. That alone comforts you, no matter what the situation may be. If you know that in your heart, then that will give you a reason. That would always give you a reason to praise God, no matter how bad the situation may be. No matter how bad. Now, if your mind, if you are weak-minded, there's a word that was mentioned by both John the Baptist and Jesus Christ in Matthew 3, verse 2, and Matthew 4, 17. And that word is repent. Repent. Both of them said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is the meaning, or what is the context of that word repent? Repent is to change your thinking. Change your thinking. Once you change your thinking, then you can start to see results. But if, you, if your mind remains the same, 
always thinking negative, always, always pessimistic, then you cannot truly see the blessings of God in your life. Because you're always thinking the opposite of what God wants for you in your life. So there's a reason why he said to repent. Now, what was going on during that time, though? If I can just backtrack a little bit. When John the Baptist said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the Pharisees and Sadducees were looking at him and paying attention to him while he was baptizing people. And during that time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were going off of the law of Abraham. They believed in Abraham as their father. And John the Baptist called them a venomous generation, a generation of vipers, because they are supposed to be the ones that are teaching the word, the law of God, but they're teaching contrary to what the word is saying. And that is what's going on in many churches today. They teach contrary to what the Bible is saying and teaching their own message. Or getting their own, saying whatever they would like to say on this pulpit. Because this pulpit here is a sacred place. You can't say what you want to say and accept people to accept Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. What are you trying to accomplish? Even that was going on all the way then, and it's still going on right now, where people are preaching what they want to preach because they like what they're hearing. Because if people like what they're hearing, they're going to come to that church instead of hearing the truth. Because last time I checked, the word says the truth shall set you free. And if you want to stay in bondage, we don't want you to stay in bondage. We want you to be set free. But first, you have to repent and change your thinking. Because our thoughts has to be on God. Psalm 63, verse 6. When I first read this, you know, I said I had to memorize this book because this verse is how I feel. When I remember thee upon my bed, and I meditate on thee in the night watches, think of God during the day, and even when you're laying in your bed about to go to sleep, you're still thinking on God. Because the mercies of God is, is so much that you cannot even explain how good God is in your life. So even when you're sleeping, you're still thinking on the goodness of God. The more our thoughts is on God, the more we want to be like him. The more we want to spend time in his word, reading his word, understanding him more. The more we see the blessings in, his, in your life. Now, that's your thoughts. Now here are your actions. Your actions have to reflect your thoughts. You can say one thing, but your actions don't really show it. You can say, yeah, I got your back. And then next thing you know, your actions don't really show that you have, your, that you have the person's back. Once you're able to successfully change your thinking, as I mentioned again, it will show in your actions. Once someone says to themselves, enough is enough, I'm going to change my ways around, and you start to see it, you start, you start to see the, manifest, the manifestation of it, then you can truly mean, okay, you truly meant what you said. 
You've been saying all this time, I'm going to change my life for the Lord. I'm going to change my life for the Lord. I'm going to change my life for the Lord. But your actions do not show it. You still live in the way or you want to live in a worldly manner. Listening to the music you want to listen to. Watching the things on television that is contrary to the word of God to help you build up yourself in your faith. Using language that is contrary to what a man of God or person of God would use. That is not fit for these walls. How can you say you want to be a child of God, but the very language or your very actions or the way you carry yourself, your characteristics, your attitude does not reflect that? Even goes to the point where if someone says they are from a certain country, but their actions does not resemble that, you're like, you cannot be from this place. If you, if you say I'm from Dominica, but you don't do anything a Dominican does, a Dominican would look at you and be like, are you sure you're from Dominica? <laughs> what part? Countryside or underneath? Because nobody I know act like that. Because there's a, there's a countryside of Dominica, there's a town side, you know, and you could tell what part of, that, of the island that they're from. And, um, you can say the same thing about Jamaica. You can say the same thing about St. Lucia, St. Vincent, you know, wherever that we may be from. Even here in St. Thomas. You're like, yeah, I'm from St. Thomas. You could talk with our dialect, but the way you carry yourself, you're like, you ain't from Rock. Or you ain't from Cruz. You ain't from St. Where you from? And you'd act like that. No way. It's hard for you to believe. Your actions have to show what you really think. If you think and say that, yeah, I am this, but your actions don't reflect it, how are we to, be, how are we to believe you? Same thing with our lives here. If we say that we are a child of God, a Christian, but our actions does not reflect it, and someone comes here to church and sees you out on the street acting contrary to how you were acting inside this building, how is, how is that supposed to encourage them to change their lives around? Because they may want to change their life and accept Christ for themselves and get the blessings of God and see God working their lives for their benefit. But if they see how you acting, I'd be like, wait, if you acting like that and you say you're a Christian, it don't make sense for me to be a Christian. Why should I give my heart to Christ? Look how you acting. Because your actions is not reflecting or not representing what you say and think. So it's hard for you to believe. It's hard for anyone to believe. I repeat again, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, said he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. You know, when I read that verse in the book of Proverbs, you know, it reminded me of a secular reggae song. The words of the song is, some will eat and drink with you. Then behind them susup on you. I'm sure you're familiar with that song. How does, doesn't that happen a lot? Some may be so nice to you, eat and drink with you. But then behind, they turn, when you turn your back, they, they backbiting, they saying all negative things about you contrary to what you are, even misrepresenting your character. 
people like that, stay away from. Try your best to get, get that spirit of discernment to be like, okay, these, this is people I don't need to be around because they are not building me up and they are not helping me to get towards my goal of becoming a better person in Christ. The focus, as we, as, oh, excuse me, I'm losing my thoughts here. We should be familiar in the saying, actions speaks louder than words. Action speaks louder than words. There are many people who we know personally that will talk to us so well and go as far as to give us excellent advice, words of wisdom, but then they turn things around and they do opposite of what they're doing to us. That is, and next thing you know, they turn around and they put us in a bad place. That does not feel good. That is why our actions have to reflect our thoughts. If we say that we love you, our actions have to show that we love you. If we say that we're sorry, our actions have to so show that we are sorry. Yeah. It's hard for us to accept anybody's apology when they say, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like a tongue-in-cheek kind of statement. You're just saying it because you're just saying it sick, but you're not, you don't truly mean it. That is not a good feeling. It's already bad that you went through that experience, but for you to tell me, I am sorry, but your actions don't reflect that you're truly sorry, that makes you feel even worse. Actions speaks louder than words. And in this Christian life, you don't want to be in that position where you say to anybody that you're a child of God, but you can't even show or even teach the word of God to somebody else. Whether we go to work, go to school, hit the streets. If we do anything that is contrary, because we are the most watched people in this world. Once we say we are a Christian, people are watching us. And they know more about the Bible and about us than we that say that we are Christians. We do one thing contrary to the word of God. Be like, they'll point the finger and be like, you say he's a Christian? They quick to point the finger at you. And they would even quote scripture to you that they know themselves and point it at you and judge you. That is why it's very so careful. It is ever so careful. We must be so careful with our life. And we truly, because we are representing Christ. We are ambassadors of God. And if we say, our actions must show it. Because once we truly show our actions that is really reflecting our thoughts and our characteristics, our lifestyle is truly starting to change. Because remember now, we represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Lord did not give us a spirit of weakness. Because the, the living in the Holy having the Holy Spirit within us, the kingdom of God is having righteousness, peace, and joy. Those three things are ever so powerful in our lives to have righteousness, peace, and joy in our lives. Then the will of God has to kick in from there. We've got to know the will of God in our life. Once you change your thinking and your actions start to reflect who you are and you're truly doing the best to live your life for God 
It is time for you to fulfill the will of God in your life. Have you ever consulted with God and asked, what is your will for me? There's a, there's a verse in Proverbs that said, many are the devices in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Many are the plans in a person's heart, in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. We have to consult God in the decision of our life, and he will direct us on where we're supposed to go. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. If ye then, in, in, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, if you turn that quickly with me, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on these things above, not on things on the earth. We set our minds and are satisfied with how we live our lives with the thinking that, yes, I'm a child of God. But it's okay for me to listen to certain kind of music or watch certain things on television. How is our faith supposed to grow if you don't spend more time with them? How, how our faith is supposed to grow if we don't spend time in the word. Saying is one thing. Doing it is another. And when you find out your purpose, then you truly become alive. Because all you want to do is the will of God. Dedicating our lives wholeheartedly to change our lives around and to honor God becomes our focus when we focus on the will of God. We may have plans for our lives, but it's the will of God that is the true purpose. And once we seek that, then we truly become alive and we see what we're supposed to do here on earth because we all have an assignment. We all have an assignment. Our job is to not come here every Sunday, sit in the, in the pew and just come to church and then go home. That's not our assignment. We have much more work to do. We have people's lives to affect. We have people's lives to change. And we have things, so much things to do for the kingdom of God. Stop settling for the minimum. Because God has so much more for us to do and for people and for and lives for us to bless and change. The thing that you can find as a passion, next thing you know, God is blessing you. And people want to know God because of how you're living your life. I've said Many times over, our lives is a walking testimony. People are watching us all the time and how we, they can be blessed and how they can have the peace of God in their life. People are watching us all the time because, because we are living out the will of God in our lives. People want to know how they can do that themselves. I'm sure many people are looking at my young brother showing and how he plays the saxophone so beautifully. That is a God-given gift that God placed in him. That is a gift that God placed in him, that he is blessing others. And I say to him, 
that there will be many others that will accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior just by him playing the saxophone. Many others will come and accept Christ as their Lord and personal Savior because of his gift. Your gift is supposed to lead others to Christ. Your gift is supposed to lead others to Jesus Christ. So if you don't know what your gift is, find out what your gift is. Spend time and meditate on the word. Spend time in devotion with God and find out what your purpose is, your will of God is in your life. Find out what the will of God is in your life that he's placed in you. Then, when you truly find that out, more and more people will start to accept Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, and they themselves can enter into the kingdom of God because we have discovered and found out what our gift is. But all these things have to come together, the way how we think, our actions, and our will. Once all these things line up, and we can share that to others, more will start to come to Christ. More will start to come to Christ. And as I close... I'm going to share this scripture with you, Ephesians chapter 4. But I'm not going to read it from the King James Version. But this version that I have, you know, it's so straightforward. I just say, you know, I think it's best I read it from this version here. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. You can follow along. In the, in the Lord's name, I tell you this. Do not continue living like those who do not believe whose thoughts are worth no, nothing. They do not understand and they are separated from the life God gives because of ignorance, because of their stubbornness. They have lost all feeling of shame and they use their lives for doing evil. They continually want to do all kinds of evil. But what you learned in Christ was not like this. I know that you heard about him and you are in him. So you were taught the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught to leave your old self to stop living the evil way you lived before. That old self becomes worse because people are fooled by the evil things they want to do. But you were taught to be made new in your hearts, to become the new self. That person is created to be like God, truly good and holy. So let that be our goal in our life, to live holy as our Father in heaven is holy. And our last, one last thing, I'd like everybody to say this scripture with me. Um, if you can put it on the, on the screen, please. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. If you can put that on the screen, I want everybody to read this verse together. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Everybody, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. One more time, one more time. Finally, brethren, 
whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Father, thank you for your word. Glorify yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.